Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Loveman here with Joe Shasky coming at you every week with the best Giants content here in the Bay Area. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, share it with everybody that you know. Really spread the word because, again, there's no better place to listen to Giants talk than right here. All right, so we talked about the pitching a little bit to get things started here. And let's take a look at the hitters as uh, they got started this uh in these last four games and you know what let's let's kind of start from yesterday maybe work our way backwards so starting with the uh with yesterday Shasky I did not realize that we moved the home run derby up from July to April I didn't realize the White Sox were hosting it and I didn't know the Giants were the only participants in it seven home runs in a game it's It's a historic performance they had two uh sets of back-to-back home runs in the same inning the first time in the 160 year history uh, sorry, 140-year history of Giants baseball that that's happened. You know, uh, there's so much to take away from this. Jack Peterson is swinging a really good bat right now. He's had, I think, three warning track shots and two home runs, right? Or is it three home runs? I think it's three home runs, then a couple have died on the track. Yeah, yeah and so, like, you've seen the pop, and he looks like he's grooved in. Yastrzemski? Yastrzemski looks like he's he's way better this year. I, I don't know what it is. I was very skeptical coming out of spring training. Bat looks good. He's running the base as well. And then Conforto, slow build here, but it feels like the bat's starting to come around. And then I want to stop on David VR, and you can go in any direction on any of these guys. To me, VR, he's a keeper. I, I don't know what he is mm-hmm. as a ceiling guy. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he'll ever be an all-star per se, but this is a guy that I think physically looks the part. The bat looks the part. Defensively, I think he's versatile enough to play both corner third base and first base on an infield. Could he be a potential second baseman down the line? Like, look at his legs. Look at his lower body. I'm not saying he's Adrian Beltre, but he's got the prototype build that I'm looking for for a corner infielder. No, I agree with you. And I want to start, yeah, just kind of with the swing and the base he has with that swing. He's just got so much strength in there. And it's just the swing is just so smooth and beautiful. And when he really gets a hold of one, mm. like he did uh, with that grand slam yesterday, I mean, he just he tatered that thing. Yeah, he did. He just launched it right into the left field bleachers. I am very excited for what David VR can do. When he came up last year, again, there was a lot of hype around him. He was a late round pick, but he really showed a lot of power in the minor leagues. And there is a question of was it is it going to translate? You never know with guys like that who don't have that pedigree coming out of the draft. It was a slow start at first. You started to kind of like, oh boy, here's another you know four A player, and then in September he really caught fire. You know, say what you will about just kind of what he was facing in that September run. Dude hit what like ten home runs in the month of mm-hmm. September, and then he's tacked on a few more here. 
that's carryover power. You're really seeing it, and that's be great for the Giants. And honestly, it'll be really good for Farhan Zaidi, who yeah. needs these draft wins. You know, guys like Dave VR getting into the everyday lineup, guys who are going to be a part of the future, that is what will take the heat off Farhan Zaidi in terms of just the lack of player development that we've seen. We always talk about what's the direction that this mm-hmm. team is going in. Well, right now, the direction is a lineup with David VR being yes. a very important part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and everyone's already trying to like predict, like, what does this mean for Casey Schmidt and who goes where? And it's like, guys, we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We'll figure out. Allow this guy to develop. He needs 500 to 650 at bats. Like, that's where I'm at right now. And and maybe this is all a mirage. He's led the National League in home runs since being called up at the beginning of September last year. Maybe it's all a mirage and he goes back into being a pumpkin. But I want to see if it's a mirage or if he's a pumpkin. I don't want to see them yo-yo him in and out of the lineup every single day. And so he is a guy that I'm prioritizing in the lineup. And I think that's one of my general frustrations when all of us saw the opening day lineup and Wilmer Flores is out there and you're hearing this rhetoric that, you know, Wilmer's kind of earned it. It's a career achievement thing. It's like, no, the time to play the young guys is right now. I'm I'm seeing it with the Niners and the Warriors. They're in win now mode to try to win championships, not just compete for a wild card spot. And so they didn't have the runway to play young players. There's no excuse like that for the Giants. If there's a young player who's showing promise, I don't want to see the journeyman. I want to see the young guy. The reason you let uh, Evan Longoria walk was because you thought something of either Casey Schmidt eventually or David VR currently. So let's let it play out. Yeah, you know what? Since you bring up opening day, let's kind of talk about what, what went on on opening day. Uh, you and I in real time on the morning roast kind of react to a little bit of breaking news in the in the form of a yeah. uh, Matt Beatty trade. Yeah. Now, we tried to be optimistic about opening day. We were very excited. And when that happened, you and I just kind of broke down on air and Bonte, you know, Hill rightfully was laughing at us over it. I want to address just kind of my overall feelings towards this. And I, I wrote about this for the station. Uh, you can check it out. It's posted on our station's website. Basically, it's like it was like a straw that breaks the camel's back moment. I, I compared it to the scene in the Simpsons movie where they run out of coffee in the dome and that's what sets everybody off. You know, because the moment that sets you off, it's never a big moment in, in the grand scheme of things. But it was just it was the fact that you had Casey Schmidt starting in the minor leagues, which don't like it. I get it. Sean Jelly on the taxi squad. Not a fan not the end of the world. Uh, it was the fact that you didn't have Bryce Johnson on the opening day roster with Austin Slater uh, on the IL. Again, I don't like it. It's a head scratcher. You should try to move on. But then the Matt Beatty trade, a lo- on top of all of that, on top of Farhan saying that these moves were going to be, you know, internal going forward. And the line he said when he was on uh, the uh, NBC Sports broadcast with Sean Estes and Dave Fleming, he said, we are not actively seeking to fill any specific position. We like the internal options we have, even with some injuries. We're excited about some of the guys who have stepped forward in this camp. And this is a good thing culturally to be able to ward those guys. So I fully expect this to stay internal in regards to adding guys to the roster. But then a week later to make this move and then to make Gar- the Gary Sanchez move the next day, which that happened as I was writing this story about it. It was just like. I don't want to say that, you know, Farhan lied to the fan base. It's not like a politician who's saying, you know, I'm going to vote for health care and then he doesn't vote for health care. But at the same time, I want to be able to trust that this organization is moving forward. And in the grand scheme of things, Dave Fleming said it on the show the other day. It's not worth getting that upset about. But at the same time, at the grand scheme of things, I want to know things are moving forward. And that was the move for me that just signaled that if we're not moving forward, we're just stagnant or, or regressing a little well, bit. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You've got to take a leap of faith, Sam. Like, mm-hmm. like, And I don't mean to cut you off, but like, I, you got to take a leap of faith. Like, At some point, you're going to have to play some of these young guys and take a small minor step backwards in terms of today's production for next week's production being slightly better. And then exactly. six months from now's production being incrementally better. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, Matt Beatty, like wh- what, what a journeyman, like mm-hmm. the wh- Wilmer Flores, God bless his soul. Wilmer Flores, him starting or not starting on opening day was, was a moot point to me. It's not about giving him a career achievement. It's about what it signifies to the young people that are in this farm system. Hey, you do everything right in spring training. You kick butt, you, you, you work your butt off and then you could be transactionally moved out of the way for some guy who's slightly better today, but is a journeyman and has been on four different teams. Like that doesn't sit well with me, nor, should it no, sit it well with the entire organization? It's not the individual moves. It's the collective moves that are made overall in their totality and how they land metaphorically to the fans and internally to the guys that are working. Bryce Johnson, you tore it up in spring training. Now, people can dismiss spring training all they want. I want to see what Bryce Johnson has more than I want to see what Matt Beatty might have available on a given pinch hit at bat. Exactly. It just it's just brought me back to memories of Connor Joe and Michael Reed on, on the opening day roster in 2019, which, again, in 2019, that move makes sense. You're trying things out. You're throwing things at yes. the wall, seeing what sticks, trying to fill holes. It's year five. And you just said we're done with these moves. And yet we're still making these moves. Exactly. And it's like it's like I said, like this is why there's frustration within the fan base. So. I want to talk about a couple of guys who were in the opening day lineup and deservedly so. Uh, the first one being Brandon Crawford, mm. who he had an electric day on Saturday. Three RBIs, a home run. He looks as dialed in at the plate as he possibly could be right now. This is a big year for Crawford. This is a contract year. He's 36 years old. He could be playing for his last contract. And Brandon Crawford has a history of kind of doing well in contract years. Shasty, really quick, in 2015, which was his final arbitration year, he was an all-star. He was a gold wow. golfer. He was a silver slugger. Wow. He had 256 that year with 21 home runs. He had a 5.8 war, which wow. for those who don't quite know how war wo- works, that's a really good number to have in your war category. Uh, in 2021, another contract year, he was fourth in the MVP voting. He had a career-high 298. He slugged 24 home runs. And he had a war north of six. Those are all very good numbers to have in a contract year. This is another contract year for Brandon Crawford. Shasky, what are your kind of your expectations for B. Craw here coming out of the gate? I need him to be the leader that Buster Posey and Brandon Belt were the last couple of years and then some. I need he, him to be the guy that's going to be that conduit. I'm going to give you a cross-sport reference. Do you remember when Bryant Young played on some really weird transitional teams in yeah, the early 2000s? Like yeah. yeah, he was like the last connection to the Super Bowl era of 1994. No one remembers Brand, uh, Bryant Young that well, but we all have tremendous respect. And when you talk to people like a young Patrick Willis, like a Justin Smith who got there the year after Bryant Young left, the impact he left on that locker room and on that culture 
cannot be quantified. That's what I want to see from Brandon Crawford. It was nice to see him make a couple diving plays to his left and make a play to his right and turn that double play in the set in the ninth inning of, of the game on Saturday. But really what I want to see from him is that consummate leadership to explain to people, I was born and raised a Giants fan. I know what it means to wear this Giants lid. And I want you guys, as I hand you the baton, to take that winning DNA that I helped foster and cultivate into the new era. Does that sound too corny? No, I mean, I think it makes total sense, especially with a guy like Brandon Crawford, where it's a storybook career. Yeah. Dude who, he grew up a Giants fan. He's playing on, you know, in his backyard saying, mm-hmm. you know, game seven of the World Series, Giants are in it. And then he lived it as an I actual know. professional. I mean, how many guys get to not only play for their favorite, you know, their childhood team, play at the level that he did, win World Series like he did, Shasky, he's going to finish as no one has played the shortstop position, his dream position for his dream team more than Brandon Crawford. It's just, it's so storybook with him. And yeah, he is, he sets the tone in that clubhouse. I think you said on this podcast last year, how who who has done a better job representing the Giants brand, the Giants uniform, and just representing themselves within the Giants community more than Brandon Crawford? It's just, it's so hard to come up with a negative thing to say about him. He's just, he's a true fan favorite. And you know, I asked guys in the in the clubhouse last year. You know, who are the who are the leaders here in this clubhouse? Yeah. Uh, Yaz and Webb were you know the two names that came up a lot, mm-hmm. along with Brandon Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of Yaz, I want to throw a Yaz thought at you because you've been very vocal about your frustrations with Yaz over the last couple of years, and I look at this season for Mike Yastrzemski as kind of like a last stand of sorts for his career. The reason I say that is because the first couple of years of his career. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. The reason I say this is a last stand for him is because of the banning of the shift. I really think it's going to go a long way to helping Yaz out. The first couple of years of his career, teams shifted on him less than 50% of the time. And this is a guy who does a lot better when he's hitting not against the shift. You remember 2019, 2020, he was a great ball player. Uh, 2021 and 2022, they were shifting on him in 73% and then 81% of his at-bats. And you really saw it. In, uh, in his overall statistics, 20, uh, 2021, serviceable player, more boom and bust, though. And then last year, he was basically, again, very boom or bust, a lot of home runs, but the hits just weren't there. Uh, you're seeing the, the hard hit rate, the strikeout rate, the walk rate, launch angle, all those metrics used to track the swing. It all looks the same. The only difference is he just wasn't getting hits. So you look at his spray chart, and you know they always say, you know, you want to hit them where they ain't. Well, where all of his hits were are where the second baseman ain't going to be anymore. Interesting. So I really think that if you're going to see a late career, I don't know if it's a 32, 33-year-old guy, you calling him a late career renaissance, but if you're going to see a bounce back from Mike Yastrzemski, I feel like things are very well set up for him to have that kind of a bounce back season simply because the shift isn't there to ruin his batting average. That's very interesting. I'm glad you brought up all that data. Uh, I did not know those numbers. I mean, he's been very frustrating to watch the last couple of years. I mean, occasional power. He does get on base at a decent clip, given his low batting average. He runs the base as well. He's a plus defender. I've kind of pigeonholed him as a fourth, fifth outfielder on a, on a contending team. That's the way I would view him. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see more from the guy, obviously, because it does feel like they've had a lack of outfield production for 20 years. You know, I mean, you got some Pence years and you had a singular year from Angel Pagan or maybe Andres Torres or or Ellis Burks or Reggie Mm -hmm. Sanders here and there. But really finding those homegrown guys has been very, 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 very difficult. So 
I'm looking at the Matoses and I'm looking at the Ramoses and the McCrary's and all these guys in the farm system. I need Yaz to be able to produce now because it doesn't feel like any of those guys are ready to come up right now. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And so yeah. they're going to need that production. And I also want to see him play well because I think that takes a lot of pressure off Michael Conforto as he returns from an injury. Because there are a lot of people expecting big things from Conforto. If you get better production out of Yastrzemski, I don't need as much from Conforto. And then Mitch Haniger, who hasn't even played yet, like I think their offensive production outfield-wise can be much better than what we saw over the first four games. True, and I know the – Guys, the, the people within the Giants organization think very highly of Mike Kostromsky. And again, he's one of those guys where you go around the clubhouse, you ask who leaders are. He's the name that came up with everybody else. So a big season out of Mike Kostromsky would do wonders for the Giants as a whole.